Welcome back to another episode of Real People, Real Hope. Today I'm joined by President and CEO Dave Game and our COO, Sean DeFore. Welcome back, gentlemen. It's always good to be here. Yes. Hi, we Jill. <laughs> I am very excited today because we have some special guests with us. Uh, one of the last episodes we said that we were going to invite some of our staff in to have a conversation about what it's like really working for Wellspring. So we're actually going to do that today. And so in the studio with us, we have Chris Reed, who uh, works in our Frankenmuth Skilled Nursing Facility, and also Leonica Irwin from Kentwood, Michigan, um, working in our family preservation program. So very excited to have them join us today. Um, one of the things that I love about our staff is that they're really incredible people. They wake up every day just excited to do the work of Wellspring and really work for our mission. They have a lot of heart. And so we have more than 1,100 staff throughout the state serving in 53 of Michigan's 83 counties. And I think one of the common threads that unite our staff is just their love for people and their deep desire and passion to engage people as they experience and embrace their God-given potential. So I'm excited to talk to our guests today. Um, Dave, one of the things that I think uh, really is going to be exciting about this is we just got done with our big meeting. And that's something that's very unique to Wellspring. So can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that and what we did at our big meeting? Yeah. So um, welcome, everybody. We um, we talk a lot about culture at Wellspring. And uh, not only do we talk about it, we do a lot of things to try to, to assure that our staff can come to work every day and be and do their best. That, in fact, is our definition of, of a healthy culture, is where staff have what they need uh, in their own, certainly their skill set, but in the resources, the training, the coworkers, the teammates, the, the supervision, everything they need to show up every day and be and do their best for people. So one of the things we do is uh, once a year we gather, I guess, about 160 or so of our sort of top leaders for a intensive day around training, usually with a theme, uh, always sort of building on uh, trainings and, and learnings that we've uh, built upon in the past to assure that our culture is being addressed and is remaining and getting strong. Yeah. And so this year's topic, Sean, was trauma-informed care. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and why that was important? Yeah, so trauma-informed care and trauma in general, uh, we at Wellspring describe as being both a business and a moral imperative. Mm -hmm. um, in every area of service that Wellspring works, uh, we know that trauma is a common thread and comes out in a variety of ways, whether it's our staff who are uh, providing care to residents or kids in foster care or in the community, um, either experiencing secondary trauma from what they're seeing uh, in their work, um, trauma they've experienced as children that comes back up in work in different ways in the workplace, um, or for our clients who are re-experiencing trauma um, or experiencing it live, which is part of why we're involved in their lives. Either way, it's, um, it's just a common thread in everything we do. So we wanted this year to focus on how to prepare our workforce um, to work uh, particularly with folks regarding their trauma history. Yeah, that's really good. So Dave, one of the things that we just think differently about at Wellspring is just the kind of staff that we hire. Um, and not only their expertise, but just the way that they interact with staff, their backgrounds. We're always thinking about how we can better serve 
the people that we serve, our clients, our residents, whatever that might be. And so I want to bring Chris Reed into this conversation because, Dave, Chris's position was something that kind of came out of a need of our residents. So can you talk a little bit about that and introduce Chris and why his position is is important? So so we're finding more and more in serving seniors, just the needs that they have, the needs of their families are growing and more complex all the time. And so Chris um, Chris is in a role that is, uh, for lack of a better term, sort of the troubleshooter and concierge of, uh, of our skilled nursing facility in Frankenmuth. And really, I've, I've, I've seen him in action when I walk in the building and I see him just, in fact, just earlier this week, walked in the building and there was Chris right in the lobby having a conversation with a, I believe a daughter of one of our residents who um, they were just he was just you know sort of there in the moment and working through whatever the issue was that's Chris um, and everybody who has a chance to to be served by Chris um, feels blessed and so uh, and, and we do too Chris to have you with us uh, it's an honor it truly is mm-hmm. so w- it is a unique job and it was a job that you were you sort of pioneered for us, right? There wasn't anybody else in that job before you took it. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah. No. So, so what was that like? Daunting at you first. Get to, you get right? to make it up as you go, then, right? Well, there was uh, there was at least a, a job outline of some of the requirements, um, but then I was able and, and granted the opportunity to go ahead and improvise. And um, in serving our residents, some things were just. Uh, uh, commonplace. They were things that I just was logical to serve. And it was things that I were I was doing before as a nursing assistant mm-hmm. um, on especially our rehabilitation unit. Yeah. So customer service and, and things of that nature, really, I was wired for. So tell, tell us a little bit about how you got into being a nursing assistant to begin with? When did that happen in your life? And what was what was that like for you making that decision? Well, I, I spent um, many years substitute teaching in the area down here, um, Metro Detroit, and then um, got a nursing assistant license and, and wanted to um, engage uh, the, the geriatric elderly populations and be able to help and, and serve. And so um, then from there, uh, especially moving up towards uh, Genesee, Saginaw County, um, one of the things that was so inviting about Wellspring was uh, it's faith-based, mm-hmm. and that was initially what uh, a- attracted me to to that line of work at uh, Frankenmuth. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what what's what's the biggest joy you get out of your work now? Uh, it's the many successes that we do have. Um, it's celebrating our residents when they come in, rehabilitate, let's say from knee surgery or knee replacement, hip replacement, and that celebration of them being able to return home Mm -hmm. and to have had a good experience the whole time. Mm -hmm. And it's that follow-up phone call checking in. How you been? I'm doing great. Good. Yep. And that's that's the reward. It's really a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Lianaka, I want to also bring you into the conversation because when we talk about rewarding work, um, I know that your work is really rewarding for you because you've been with us since 2003, which is incredible. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about your journey um, just starting at Wellspring and kind of where you're at now? Okay. 
Um, I started out, like you said, in 2003 as a family's first supervisor. Families First is a family preservation program that works to keep families out of foster, well, children out of foster care. So I started out there as a supervisor in Montcalm and Ionia counties, which um, were very new and different for me, but it was a challenge that I just couldn't wait to take on head on. Um, from there, I became the supervisor of the Kent County contract. And then we were lucky enough to get a contract in Ingham County, so I applied for a program manager position. And since then, I've worked in Kent, Ingham, Montcalm, um, Ionia, Clinton. You've been all over. <laughs> Ingham, yeah, and now Genesee County, too. So. So, Leonica, you have a big job, and I, I don't know if what you just described fully captures that you cover how many counties right now in total, probably 8 to 10, and a team of 31-some-odd staff, is uh, that right? 31 staff in four counties. Four right counties. Now. Okay, so mm-hmm. I overstayed a little bit with the 10. <laughs> Tell us what, what brought you to family preservation work and why family preservation work at Wellspring really fuels you. Um. I was just talking about this. When I was younger, there was a lady in my neighborhood named Miss Sadie. And Miss Sadie had a huge house that had a lot of kids. It was kind of like the old lady who lived in the shoe. She had so many children, she didn't know what to do. Um, Some of them were relatives, children, and other kids were in foster care. And they went to school with me, so I would see the kids in foster care. And I had questions about it, but I never really felt comfortable asking them Mm -hmm. about that. And um, my first job while I was still in college happened to be in residential. I was at a residential facility for uh, delinquent males. And I noticed that when they came home from a visit, they always had a hard time transitioning back. And we had to work to teach them new skills. And I just couldn't understand why they had a hard time utilizing those skills back into their home environment. So. I heard about Families First because I was going to create this program, but um, Families First was already here and was the perfect model, so I applied to be a Families First worker, and I did that for two years before coming to Wellspring. Mm -hmm. So, Leonica, your movement from worker to supervisor to manager, more leadership position, uh, positions, what what is, um, how is that work different from the leadership management standpoint as opposed to working directly with families? And how do you stay uh, really passionate about the work that you're doing every day when you're working more with staff than you are with clients in their home? Well, staff give me a lot of information about what's going on in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like I'm there sometimes, especially reading some of their reports. They write so well. Um, it's kind of a reciprocal process though because our workers are teaching staff and I got to go hands-on and um, assess risk engage with families and work side by side with them so becoming a supervisor it was only natural for me to teach workers other workers how to do the same thing how to approach situations how to leave people in a dignified way no matter what the outcome of Mm -hmm. the program is those types of things and then 
as a manager, it you transfer those skills onto the supervisor and allow them to teach while we focus more on getting the tools that they need to to teach, like the documentation systems and those types of things, advocacy. So both Chris and Leonica, both of you uh, have a spot in your career where you're really focused in on helping people transition, whether it's transitioning into a facility, um, whether it's transitioning at home. Um, So can you talk about life's transitions and why that piece of your role is so important to you? Well, as far as what I do, I want to make it that transition, whether it be to long-term care, short-term care, as smooth a process as possible. And I will bend over backwards to make sure that um, the stress is eliminated to the best of my ability. Um, So we can get on with celebrating life and uh, moving forward. Beautifully said. Mm I totally agree. That's (laughs) (laughs) the one thing that we know for sure is change is constant Mm. and change is hard. So I think our role is to really help people learn how to adapt because that's what it's all about. We have to be able to hold steadfast and not get blown away by things that are going to naturally happen. I think increasingly at Wellspring, and Chris, you and, and Leonica, both you, you guys get this, that our work is really work of strengthening families, right? Some of our programs say that, right, very clearly, family preservation and so forth. But, part of our but mission. what we've learned mm-hmm. is over the, over the years is that everything we do is really about helping families be family. And, and in many, many cases, folks come to us it may be one of the worst times of their life, mm-hmm. certainly one of the most difficult times of their life. And so we see our work, don't we, in terms of sort of the, the, the healing that begins and then the hope that flows from that, right? So, Chris, I know that it, at the Frank Muth facility not too long ago, we had a circumstance where uh, one of our residents, I think, had a grandson or a granddaughter graduating and a daughter a daughter okay. yes so, definitely so, so mm-hmm. fill in the blanks for that on that story because i think it just tells the story of how family matters to us and, and and certainly matters to everybody we know we had a resident and um she came in uh short term um with multiple just uh, end of life complications that were that were that were transpiring um and so she was staying with us and um things started to decline rapidly and um, it was her wish to witness her daughter graduate and um, everybody as a team literally everybody in the building pulled together to go ahead and facilitate uh, a graduation ceremony taking place in the room there wasn't a dry eye that day um, when it took place. So full cap and gown, right? Full, full cap deal. and gown. The principal made a special trip, came in and performed that. And 
the resident and her husband and family were absolutely moved. It was a fulfillment mm -hmm. and um, truly God working. And um, it, it definitely was a, a, a shining, a shining moment mm -hmm. that she could witness that. Mm -hmm. What I love about <clears throat> what I love about that story is that is a memory that will be handed down generation to generation now in that family. Oh yes, and mm -hmm. you know I often think our job is to sort of set the stage and then let life play out, right? And, and you guys were able to do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a great story. Yeah, yeah, it was an, an honor to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, the so. When I think about family, I also think about community, right? Because a community is nothing if not a collection of families living close to one another. Um, something else I think is that's really special about the work at Wellspring and particularly the work that some of our leadership do at Wellspring is um, really trying to impact the community in a larger way. Uh, our contracts might be about serving an individual. Our programs might be about serving an individual. But the work of Wellspring is really about transforming communities. And I think, Leonica, in, in your role, you've really been the standard bearer for Wellspring in Kent County on addressing disproportionality in the child welfare system in Kent County. Talk a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, what that looks like in Kent County, why it's something that's really passionate uh, to you and some of the work that you've led us on. Okay. Well, it's not just King County. It's a nationwide issue right. where we know that the number of children in foster care, African American and children of color in foster care is disproportionate to the number of kids that we have in our total population. So in King County, it's about a 35% makeup of African American kids who are in foster care. But they're only 11% of the population. It's almost triple. Yes. Wow. So that means if you're African-American in Kent County and CPS investigates you, mm -hmm. there is a three, you know, you're three times more likely to have your children removed than your neighbors who are a different race. So that kind of disturbed us. Mm -hmm. And when we looked at the numbers, we wanted to find out if we were contributing to that disparity and make sure that we were providing our staff with resources so that they were not um, making decisions based on implicit biases or just cultural differences mm -hmm. they weren't aware of. So we created a spreadsheet that started tracking the racial composition of all of our clients. We're, now we're tracking the parents as well as each individual children because in family preservation we worked it we track the family unit so now we want to see where each of the children that we're working with um, are going and what type of outcomes they have so in doing that we started looking at um, engagement trends with our staff uh, how they how comfortable they feel working with people of different races of different cultures and different areas um, of different genders. So we started um, aggregating all of our data and just taking a look at it. This is about the third year now. So once we had a year's worth of data, we started sharing it with other people we thought may be interested, like the Kent County Department of Health and Human Service, the CPS workers, um, people at in Lansing, the program office for that holds our contract, as well as some of the, our 
competitors and also partners in child welfare who are doing similar work. We wanted to see the impact that we're making collectively because as we see the number of kids in care increase, we can't really brag about the success of our family preservation programs if those numbers are still increasing despite all of our contracts being in place across the state. So we were able to partner with the Michigan Federation for Children and Families to share our website with other interested stakeholders. So now we're all collecting the same data, looking for trends and gaps so that we can be better advocates for our clients Mm -hmm. in terms of letting the state know what we know what we see and comparing our data to and what I, they have to what, what i love about that and it, it might not be as exciting to the non-data nerds like <laughs> like i am and, and i think you are leonica i am um but what i love about that we'll probably do a whole podcast i imagine at some point around our our work in diversity equity and inclusion is that we we as as a leadership team as an organization you as an individual saw a community problem and said we need to do something about this because that's part of our mission and started putting the pieces in place to do that and it may have started with one program in Kent County but now it, it is actually a statewide um, you know uh, sort of movement that we're right. leading on thanks to your work so yeah it's great leadership thanks for doing that yeah so I have a question for both of you guys think about th- there's a lot of places you could do what you do right a lot of agencies a lot of nursing homes, a lot of senior programs in, uh, in Michigan. So besides the fact that you're getting independently wealthy working for Wellspring, right? <laughs> no? What's the driver? Why Wellspring? Shared values and mission. Um, we have our Wellspring behaviors, which we all collectively came together to decide that these are the things that we value, and those are things that I value personally. So it's really important that I am at an institution that I reflects who I am as a person and allows me to um, explore my passions. Mm-hmm. I think another thing about Wellspring is the leadership's Leadership is great about identifying what people do well and connecting the dots to other opportunities. Mm-hmm. For instance, like my interest in equity and disproportionality mm-hmm. led me into, oh, you know, that's a year project. And um, that happens continuously, continuously. I notice over the years, there's always, okay, there's something else that needs to be done that. Yeah aligns with my life mission. Yeah. And faith being the, the common thread, I, th- I think that binds us all where I work. Um, it's a common understanding for the betterment of families and our residents mm-hmm. and looking forward and creating good. Um, and the bond that I have, especially with the frontline staff mm-hmm. that have been there for years, we have employees there that have been there since 1974 I know. that speaks volumes mm-hmm. speaks it's, volumes it's really for the facility yep mm-hmm. yeah. and um uh seeing and witnessing what they do and the encouragement and positivity that goes on on a daily basis is just inspiring yeah. and that's what makes me excited to show up for work every day that's great mm-hmm. well and you guys are both 
examples of something you sort of touched on, Leonica, because we really do love to see people sort of find their way, not just in their job descriptions, right? Because those are baselines always. But, you know, you, Leonica, have moved into some space with the disproportionality work, and you're really leading now a conversation across the state because you, you cared about it. It's not in your job description, right? And, and yet we like to give folks opportunities to sort of fill that space that's in their heart, right? And, and Chris, you moving from your work as a nurse aide into this mm-hmm. very even intimate work with families in serving their needs was part of who you were. And you just, definitely, you know, it was just such a natural fit for you, mm-hmm. right? And so, you know, I think that what, what matters to us at Wellspring is that people are growing in their, in their, in their work in, as individuals and as professionals. Have you, have, so talk a little bit about that. We're using you two as examples, but have you seen that in other um, parts of Wellspring or other people at Wellspring? Where, how have you seen that? Oh, all over the place. It's, that's a common theme at Wellspring, and I think those of us who have our long tenures here have, have seen that. Um, I've seen people have babies and decide, I can't work full-time anymore, and they transition to a different position. Or um, I have a secretary now who was on FMLA to care for a family member, so she couldn't complete her required duties in the front desk so we were able to transfer her to our program and now she's able to meet her family's needs she's not feeling stressed out about missing out on work and losing leave time Um, and it's just a much better situation I've seen people uh, for instance we have two therapists right now in Grand Rapids who are doing a, a special parenting therapy interaction group and they were able to go for a whole week, take a whole week just to get a certification in this very specialized area that has nothing to do with their job either, but it's going to address a need. So it's really exciting to see those things happen and see people get excited about what they're doing, and even though it's different stuff. And sometimes it's even extra stuff. but. It was it, it jives them, and you can see it when their face lights up as they're doing their work. Yeah. And what I love about what you're describing, Leonica, is that we it feels to me like we're consistent with our values. We talk about how we care about our clients and them as families, but to carry that through with how we take care of our staff and treat our coworkers. Um, I think that's exactly what you just uh, exemplified there. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Um, and just the the sincerity um, and commitment that our staff at all levels um, engage our residents and and family members, and I've seen a tremendous growth just in that family engagement, um, in that management all the way down have uh, really um, gone above and beyond uh, to go ahead and create these relationships with families and and residents, and it's just it's just an extremely exciting, mm-hmm. exciting growth that that I've been witness to, and it's inspiring as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, those relationships last a long time, too. Very long a time. A couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, we had a reunion in Grand Rapids of all, we, we just posted on Facebook and invited all of our former employees who wanted to show mm-hmm. up to come by and have lunch or dinner with us at Pepino's. We had about 20 people awesome. show up. Cool. Some people were there in 2003 when I started. There was even one person I didn't know who was there before that. And... It, it's nice to see that they all have maintained their relationships mm-hmm. with each other. They still visit or catch up on kids and things like that. Yeah. So lasting relationships is, yeah. is wonderful. It's what it's all about in our work, isn't it? So I want to thank you guys for coming in today, number one, and sharing your story. But more importantly, I just want to thank you for being you and really representing all of our colleagues at Wellspring that are as passionate and as committed as, as the two of you are, and uh, you're great, great spokesman for, for who we are. And, um, you know, the more I get to, the more time I get with folks like you that are doing the real work out there, um, the more I'm convinced our mission is in really, really good hands. So thanks for all you do. We appreciate it very Thank much. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you. you for the opportunity. Yeah, so at Wellspring, one of the things that we like to say is that our staff are living their purpose And so as we conclude today, um, first of all, I'd just like to thank our listeners for tuning in for another episode of Real People, Real Hope. But I hope that each one of you heard through Leonica and Chris today um, that Wellspring really truly is a family. Um, And we not only care about the work that we do, but we care about each other. And so to learn more about our culture and maybe how you might be able to fit into uh, Wellspring as a member of our team, please log on to wellspringlutheran.com. If you click join our team, you'll be able to see some of the openings that are currently available. We would love to have you be a part of our family. And again, thank you for joining us and we look forward to you uh, joining us for the next episode.